This is Eldritch Buds, an actual play Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast. What's up, Eldritch Buddies? No, buddies. what up? Buddies are here! Buddies, buddies. the buddies. Sitting at the virtual table, we have Scott. Sneaky, stealthy, and in deep, deep mourning in his own special way, Cambrio Voss. Wills. The level six sorcerer rogue Zed, who is feeling deeply conflicted at the moment with the news of his brother. Speedy. The one-handed robot who has no idea Vetus is dead, Jode. And Josh. Jinxie, who's not so sure about this buttery, flaky, crispy crust of Vetus on his back. And I'm your DM for tonight, Connor. And I will miss playing Vitas very, very much. Hello, folks. My name is Justine, and I'm actually a part of the Dungeon Boys, spelt B-O-I-Z, and I am a huge huge fan of the phenomenal show that you were listening to eldritch buds and i am so thankful that i got to be a part of this if you love these guys as much as i do hopefully you'll like our show if you want to head over any social media platform anywhere you listen to podcasts you can find the dungeon boys first campaign stardust echoes which is a science fiction high fantasy adventure where i attempt to dm (laughs) So uh, I'm very excited to be here, and I appreciate uh, you guys having me. Hey, everyone. Tyler from Eldridge Buds here. Tonight's episode is sponsored by Dice Is Not So Nice. They can be found on Instagram and have just launched a new Etsy store. If you haven't checked it out yet, their mystery boxes are now available. They'll ship anywhere in the world from Red Deer to Sydney and even to Beaumont or Bowden or whatever. All orders over 50 bucks get you free shipping, which I think is pretty cool. Please check out their online shop now, or soon at least, to get your very own mystery box. I just got mine, and I loved it. The discount code ELDRICHBUDS can be used to knock a few bucks off, and hit them up to let them know how much you loved it. Now back to your regularly scheduled Krabby Robot programming. Previously on Eldritch Buds, after escaping the trash compactor, our heroes find the factory production line where the new Warforged are being produced for Mistco. Before investigating further, our heroes decide to take a short rest to recover some stamina after almost being flattened. During the downtime, Zed gives Chode the magical shield and finds out that Tigmar may have actually given Cambrio an air demon. As the group rallies, Cambrio looks and sees two figures walking onto the factory floor. It's Thorm Vinar, the head of Mistco, and... The Chain? The Chain explains he needs something called H7 to be moved for fear of his plans being ruined by our heroes. As the two leave, Cambrio sneaks onto the factory floor and finds some files named Project Chameleon. However, just as he is about to leave, Cambrio is noticed by one of the workers and combat ensues. During the combat, a dark day becomes darker as Vetus is slain. When the combat is over, the Red Hand Band notices an alarm has been set off. They race upstairs to continue their quest to stop Mistko and save Emily. What will our heroes do without Vetus? What could the chain be planning? Let's find out. Okay, Red Hand Band. So you ascend the stairs above the factory floor where your encounter with the Ten Warforged just happened. 
The floor itself is covered in molten metal, and small fires abound. The alarm that you notice at the end of combat is ever-present. And now that you're at the top of the staircase, you see in front of you two hallways. One that goes straight in front of you, and another that juts to the right. You can hear the panic of missed co-workers rushing around near the end of the hallway, a hundred or so feet in front of you. But based on the chaos, it doesn't look like any of them even notice that you're there. Bear Jinxie, Beaten Zed, Sad Cambrio, and Battleworn Showed. What would you like to do? Can uh, can Bear Jinxie get a whiff of something coming down from either hallway? <laughs> yes, Bear Jinxie can take a sniff perception. And is it just your Loxodon form that has advantage? No, Brown Bear also has advantage on, on sniff checks. Wow. Okay, go ahead and roll, buddy. That smells like a 23. Okay, so uh, the hallway to the right of you smells like a hallway to the right. And the hallway in front of you smells uh, also like a hallway. Um, there's like there's a smoky there's a smoky fiery smell in the air. Uh, but yeah, pretty much you just smell that you're inside a burning factory, and there are two choices ahead of you. Uh, I can reiterate: down the straight oh. hallway, there are mis workers like running around, like call it kind of panicked and stuff. So you see them, but it doesn't look like they see you because they're too focused on trying to get out of this. Hellhole. Jinxie's just gonna growl. All right, are we all accounted for? We all made it up here. We ready to go? Zed, how you doing? Are you are you okay? Yeah, uh, I'll survive. Do you need like a healing potion or anything? Uh, uh, sure. If yeah, if someone's sitting on a quick sipper for me, Gabriel, give him a give him a potion. Cambrio's kind of just staring off and just sort of snaps back into the conversation. It's like, but what? So, sorry, well, yeah, sure. Um, he's going to reach into the bag and pull out a healing potion and hand it over. And he's like, Cho, did you... Did you see what happened? You seem awfully cavalier unless you didn't. I mean, we slayed a bunch of robots. That was pretty awesome. Did you notice the, uh, the charred husk that our, our friendly bear over there is carrying? And do you notice Jeff, maybe the what? lack of a genuine and somehow irritating but somehow endearing kind of Italian, vaguely European accent? Sort of Antonio Banderas-esque? Uh. So, Vetus is gone. What? There was the bucket, and I, and it hit me, and he did this super cool wrestling move on a robot. It was honestly the coolest thing I've seen him do. And then it just, he was there, and then it hit, and I, I you know, it hit me, and I kind of dodged out of the way, and I, I looked back, and he was just burned and gone. What do you mean? Like, he's, he's gone. He's dead. Oh. And Chode's just gonna walk over to a wall. He's just gonna punch it really hard. 
God damn it, fetus. <sighs> All right. Um, what do what do we do next? What's what's the plan here? I think we've been wandering around blind for a little bit too long, and I think before we go anywhere, I want to know what exactly they're working on here. So I'm going to pull out the, the sheafs of documents I ripped off the bench, and I'm just going to kind of go through them and see what we're up against. Okay. So, Cambrio, you noticed that of the paperwork that you grabbed, both at the beginning of the fight and immediately afterward, has a lot of information in them. Um, if you were to take a few minutes to speed read through you notice a few key details. So first and foremost, you have a full file with something called Operation Chameleon. It's a manila file folder with a bunch of kind of loose sheets stacked on the inside. And immediately the first thing that you notice is that Thorum Vinar's name is all over these documents. It's a lot of memos where he's giving orders and directly signing off on them. He seems extremely involved in whatever this project is. So in detail, Operation Chameleon goes as follows. There are notes that explain that two years ago, Thorum founded Mistco after finding an extremely rare source of magic. This source of magic is, and then this, this next part is redacted. There's a big black line through it. Continuing on. The source of magic is still being held in the factory, guarded heavily on the third floor. This operation allows man-made Warforged to be imbued with an ability that allows them to take the form of a living being. And then in parentheses, you see human, halfling, gnome, dwarf, etc. However, they need a sample of the DNA of whomever they bond to and can only turn into that individual once their DNA has been imbued. You get the sense here, um, after reading this, that as an example, the Warforged that you met in town, who introduced himself as David, had some of real David's DNA imbued into him, uh, and alongside this ar mysterious arcane source that Thorum found. Now that Warforged is able to turn into David and can perfectly mimic actual David. The project still has kinks. The Warforged voice still comes through. And there's the pesky issue of them not having autonomy when away from the factory. Another point that you take from this bundle of documents is that this operation has been successful with 94% of Mephildir inhabitants. Future plans are in the works. The inhabitants who have been assumed are being held in the holding bay on the second level of Misko. And this is in case more DNA needs to be taken from them. One of the last things that you notice for Project Chameleon is a handwritten note by Thorum, which essentially says that the source is running out of power and they will need a new source soon. That's everything that you find on Project Chameleon. But because you went back to the file after the fight and were able to grab a few more pieces of information, this is what you find on those side scrap pieces of paper. You find paper that gives you some insight on the H7 project. The entire file, or most of it, you can assume was taken by Thorum and his guest, 
when they were speaking near the file cabinet. However, based on the few sheets you do have, you note that the full project is named H71W3. And beside it, beta testing, in all caps, not yet ready for operational use. In these scrap pieces of paper, you can see that there is correspondence between Thorum and someone who signs with the same eye mark that you noticed on the note that you discovered on your way to Capilon. This individual, whomever they are, paid Thorum 50,000 gold to complete the H7 project and a further 20,000 gold to be used for a small Warforged chameleon contingent. Unfortunately, that is everything that you were able to get. As uh, as Cambrio's reading, is that just going to kind of like awkwardly reach out and slip the healing potion he had taken out of the bag <laughs> and never gave to him and is just going to drink it? And that'll be 8 HP for Zed. Thank you, Cambrio. You seem busy. Also, seems like a bad time to be reading. There is a building on fire still. But anyway, thanks. What? Sorry, I was I was reading. Um, this was actually, I don't know what you were saying, but this was super helpful. Um, Alright. I... We obviously have limited time. I know the building's on fire. Thank you for letting me read. I think we need to split up. Whatever is powering these things, whatever the source of magic that Thorum's found to kind of put this plan into motion is on the third floor. But all these, you know, recreations of people we've seen, they've been using the real villagers in this. And the ones they haven't either gotten around to or haven't fully taken to the process yet they're here too um and they're on the second floor so i i don't know if we can leave one or the other really and i think the only way we're getting this done is if we're splitting up showed i need you to make me a perception check please while this is all going on uh 23 very nice you aren't sure if it's the smoke from the fire beneath you that is causing what some humans have described as a mirage or if you recently hearing about Vetus is causing you to see ghosts but you swear at the end of the hallway with all the misco workers scrambling around that you recognize one of them you can see Grimble your old artificer your best friend who's been held hostage ever since your last fight in the fighting pits. He seems to be hurrying, panicked with some other Miss co-workers down the hallway. I immediately take off running. Uh, Chode, I, where are you going? I'm mind chat. I'm just, Chode, Chode, where are you going? All I hear back is, I'm not letting another one die. I'm not letting another one die. And then that's it. Zed's going to run after Chode. Go save those people. I got this. Uh, I'm going to look at Jinxie, and I'm going to go, I am I think I know what the source is. You go to the second floor, take Zed, get everyone out, I'll be right back. And I'm going to draw my rapier, and I'm going to dash up the stairs. Okay, yeah, so just so that everybody's aware, the hallway to the right 
is that hallway that leads to the next set of stairs. So, Cambria, you're going to go to the right hallway. That's what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Showed you sprinted down the straight hallway, you know, 100 or so feet, seeing the Misco uh, employees kind of down that hall. And down that same hallway, Zed and Jinxie, you can actually see signs for Holding Bay. It's a room on this straight hallway. So if that's the plan, it seems like very quickly you've all kind of figured out where you need to go. Um, so if that's what I'm picking up, that's what everybody's wanting to do. I'm yeah. already up those stairs, so yeah. Okay, perfect. We're going to start with Chode. Chode. You make your way very quickly down this hallway, sprinting with all of your energy. Uh, along the way, you're bumping into different halflings and other workers in the Misco garb. They seem shocked to see you, you know, up here, but they work with Warforge all the time, so it's not too shocking. Eventually, you are 10 feet from someone you can now be sure is Grimble. Bebo, would you like to give a quick introduction on what Grimble might be looking like uh, for Chode. So Grimble right now is in complete panic. Um, he has no clue what's going on. The alarms are blaring. So he looks like a hot mess. Um, looking like he's worked all day long. Oil stains everywhere. Maybe some singes in his hair. But yeah, just in utter distress. Um. You said I was like 10 feet from him? Yeah, you're you're right there. I'm going to reach out and grab him. Yeah. Gribble. Gribble, is it? Gribble, is it you? Chode? Where did you come from? Oh my god, it is you. Oh my... Bring it in, buddy. Oh my god, it's you. <gasps> what are you doing here? I thought you was... Wait. How did... Hold on. How did you get his? Dude, it's so good to see you. Oh my god. What am I doing here? I'm here because of you. After that that night of the fight, they took me and brought me here. They forced me to work for them. Oh. That 20,000 gold debt that we had to pay off, I'm here working to pay that off right now. Well, that was our, that's what I was doing. I've... I've I've amassed a decent amount of wealth, but, um, oh man, I, dude, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't think me winning a fight would, would, would lead to all this. I just, you know me, I just, sometimes, you, like, I, I just can't, dude, I'm sorry. I, it's so good to see you. I just... Oh my, like, what are the odds, man? <laughs> of course you're working ease for them. You're like the best freaking artificer I've ever met in my life. Oh, Jesus, Chode, use your head next time. Of course, they're in the robot shop. Dude, we gotta get you out of here. I know you probably are still mad at me, but if he comes with me, we could get revenge on all these freaking assholes that put you here in the first place. Honestly, Chode, I don't even know if sorry cuts it. I know. Look, I'm gonna bend down to your level. 
I, I'm not good with words. But I lost somebody today. And I can't, I can't lose you again. I, look at me. I'm missing a freaking hand. Wearing a trench coat? You would never let me wear a trench coat. He's still wearing a trench coat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bowler hat's been knocked off, but the trench coat is still on. Okay. I... I can't... I can't do this without you, man. I've... I've done a lot of thinking, and I've... And I've lost too many people since we was together. It, I can't risk losing you again now that you're back. And I'm sorry that I'm the ones that's got you into this place, but you best believe I'm going to be the ones that get you out of here. What do you say? Well, I say you do look pretty ridiculous right now in that trench coat. And your you. arm seems pretty busted, and I can definitely help you fix it that is. later. It is. But oh, bring it in. I guess. I guess. Let's get on that. <gasps> I knew it. Give him a big, big old hug. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm gonna pick, pick him up and put him on my back, just like old times. Okay, and from there we're going to pick up next with Zed and Jinxie. Zed and Jinxie, you see your metallic friend sprinting off in front of you, uh, eventually cornering one of the Miss co-workers down the hall and seemingly having a conversation, but you can't focus on that right now because in front of you, you see a sign about halfway down the straight hallway that shows that the holding bay is just to your right. There is a large door. What do you guys do? Jinxie's going to head smash the door. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, roll me a strength check just for funsies. Is bear um, strength better than Jinxie's strength? Oh, yes, it is. Lovely. Uh, 17. So, okay. F uh, with a 17 flying off its metal hinges, this door bursts through, and Bear and Sorcerer now stand in the doorway. Something is strange in this room. Uh, you've got an overwhelming sense of cold and an eerie, almost evil feeling in this room. This room is massive. About the same size area-wise as the factory floor, but with hundreds of pods descending from the ceiling. Picture Neo in the Matrix. As you approach these pods you notice that floating in yellow liquid inside of each pod is a halfling or a humanoid. And above them, you see names and serial numbers on a placard. It gives the name of the individual inside the pod, where they're from, what they do, and a Warforged serial number that they are linked to. I have a quick question. Yeah. Can... Bear Jinxie's still talking the mind chat now that Jinxie's in the mind chat. Uh sure, yeah. You still oh. maintain your intellectual abilities as a 
wild shaped beast. So, um, Mister Zed, do you see anyone you recognize? No, no, I've never been here, <laughs> and they're all inside of a pod in liquid. So, what do you mean you're you're not all in pods? You've never been in a pod before? Jinxie, I don't know what you're going on about, but can you just help me help these people? Um, DM, how high are, like, the pods suspended? Uh, not, not high. Uh, like, they're just, like, they're coming down from the ceiling, but they're, they're at yeah. kind of eye level with you guys. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna just approach the closest pod to me. What do I, what am I reading here? Yeah. Uh, so you can see that the name of this individual is Marcus. Uh, he is from Fildir, runs the stables, and he has a Warforged serial number uh, beneath it, 2387AE. If Can I roll investigation? I want to figure out if I can tell how to open this pod. Yeah, sure. Ooh, that's not bad. That'll be a dirty 20. Oh, very nice. Okay, so from where you're standing right now... You can't really figure it out, but this is a huge room and there's hundreds of pods. So as you're kind of making your way through the rows and columns and looking at these different individuals uh, in different states of agony inside of these pods, it looks like they're in pain. It looks like they were kind of frozen with whatever they were doing last, and it doesn't look like any of them are having fun. In the middle of the room, you notice that there is a large panel similar to the House of Anim. Except behind it is not a head priest. It is a large warforge who seems to be fixed into the ground. It seems like their sole job is to run this panel. It looks like, if anything, that panel is where you need to get to to operate anything in this room. All right, Zed's going to approach that panel. Stealthily or devil may Um, No, I mean, we're in a rush, to be honest. Because there's a building on fire if we're going to save presumably hundreds of people. Yeah, very cool. As you approach this uh, dais, you can see that the Warforge behind it is a foot taller than Chote. Like, pretty big. And its red eyes focus on you as you approach it. I need you really fast to roll me a dexterity check to see if you can dodge what he's trying to do to you on the way. 13. 13. As you approach, uh, I've kind of pictured that you are now close enough where he can use his 10-foot reach to grab at you. He currently has a hold of your wrist, and he is clamping down hard. Love that for him. Uh, You take three damage. Perfect. Um, I am going to take that damage, for sure. And I... Can I continue this combat? Yeah, absolutely. Do you need to roll initiative or no? You're up. Uh, okay, actually, you know, perfect. just for the just for the sake of things, roll uh, initiative. You, Jinxie, and this guy here. Twelve. Another thirteen. Okay, very nice. Uh, it got a sixteen. I will say that it reaching out and grabbing you is what it did on its first turn. So, perfect. Go ahead, Zed. I am going to kind of. As it, like, put its, you know, grab my wrist, I'm then going to grab its wrist and cast Shocking Grasp. Very nice. Rolls um, advantage because it is covered in metal. Absolutely. 
That is going to be a 19 and a 19. Wow, consistent. Very nice. Roll damage, my friend. All right, 13 damage. Oh, very nice. Um, anything else? Bonus action? I don't think I can because it would probably require me to, if I was to try and move, I'm assuming I've used my action to... Yeah. All right, yeah, that that can be my turn. Grappled you. Okay, Jinxie, you see ahead of you about 50 feet, Zed is now being grabbed by some monstrous Warforge behind this panel. <laughs> uh, you see lightning go off. You can hear that the Warforge responds like a... <laughs> sound. Uh, feel free to zhuzh that up and post, Speedy. But uh, yeah, you, you see that this is happening. What do you want to do? Um, Brown Bear's going to run over and... Uh, take a good old claw smack at this robot. Okay, go ahead and roll. So, that's a 10. Miss. That's a miss, and we're going to use the bite. Okay, go ahead and roll again. Uh, dirty 20. That's a hit. Uh, 5 damage. Okay, very nice. So this Warforged control panel, it's just like, uh, like sharking and sparking and all sorts of things coming from him. It looks pretty weak, but it is still up. Uh, with its one hand grabbing your wrist to Zed, it's going to uh, try and take you and slam you onto the panel. Um, I need a strength save to see if you can avoid it. Zed's specialty. 16? Uh, he got a 23. Um, you take nine bludgeoning damages kind of like your 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 head is smoked onto this panel and you're kind of seeing stars for a half second uh with its other hand that is free it's going to start typing some things on the panel and you can hear for the first time uh like something kind of steaming to life i need both of you to make a perception check really quick this isn't going to count for either of your turns uh, 22. Okay. It looks like with a 22, Zed, that the pods are beginning to drain. Um, not a lot yet, but you're not sure what's going to happen if they drain. All right. Um, can't really do much with the grapple. I'm going to try and cast... break free if you'd like. I'm just going to cast Shocking Grasp on him again. He's already got okay. grappled. Yeah, he looks fairly weak, so. Yeah. Ooh, 17. That's a hit. Roll damage. Four. Four? Uh, this Warforge looks super, super weak. Uh, it's as if he has one HP left. Uh, go ahead, Jinxie. I would like Jinxie to pee on this Warforged, inflicting <laughs> one damage, and hopefully short-circuiting short it. Bit of barrier. You have acidic pee, so it counts yeah, for acid that's... damage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's very dehydrated. Um... You know what? I'll allow it, but we're going to make this fun. <laughs> Roll a range attack, please. Add your, add your dexterity. Or, if you'd like, you can add your constitution, which is like kind of really forcing that piss out. Yeah, okay. Lo- How good might. are his kidneys? Um, <laughs> uh, 14. 14 hits. Uh, roll, roll a d6. Four, five, or six gets you your damage. One, okay. two, or three, and you just pissed on the robot. <laughs> uh, it's a four. Yeah! yeah! You one acidic poison <laughs> piss damage on this Warforge. It just short circuits. Its head twitches, 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 and its red eyes go dim. 
Uh, it's still there because it's fixed into the ground, but it's no longer interacting with the panel. Uh, however, you can see that more of the yellow liquid is now draining. Uh, most of the people in the pods now have like their head exposed. Uh, so it's down just past their neck. Um, there's also, now that you have a chance to look at the control panel, there's like red flashing and beeping and stuff. Whatever he did was not good. It looks like you have a certain amount of turns before something bad happens. For the record, I did roll a deck save there. I rolled a 21. Was I able to dodge the piss? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll say that JC okay. did not Perfect. pee on you at all. Great job. Wonderful. She's on his hind legs. Yeah. And JC, I'm only letting that happen because you have a poison snake in your veins yeah. that's fucking with your insides. So It's powering me. Um, can I... I don't know if this is a history check, perception, what. I want to know if I can tell what, like, was I able to see what button he pressed? Or buttons? Uh, no, so how, how I have this check, this challenge, it's going to be an intelligence check to see if you can kind of put together what combination of buttons to reverse or to stop whatever he did, or to release them in general. So you're, you or Jinxie are going to have to do some intelligence checks here. All right. Um, I'm going to roll for it. Okay. Zed is confident. Uh, 16. Uh, with a 16, uh, you hit a couple of buttons. Uh, you, it looks like things are moving in the right direction, and all of a sudden the red button stops. And then five seconds later it comes on louder than a... So whatever you did, it was not enough to stop it, but you feel like you were on the right track. Jinxie got an 18, if that was... Okay, with an 18, Jinxie, you can hear some hissing, not pissing, uh, of steam and everything. And it looks like the <laughs> yellow liquid has stopped descending, which is good for you, but they're still in the pods. Those big bear paws are paying off. Yeah, that's right. Is there any, like, written words on the panel? Uh, An owner's you manual, maybe? investigation check to see if you can find something that will help you. All right. Probably not with the natty one, for whatever okay, it's worth. Probably Plus not. two. Okay, so I, you know what? He, this is what happens. You're like, you know what? This Warforge was taking the control panel from, like, this side. So instead of doing things from the side, I'm going to go where he is. And you slip in the piss uh, with a natural one. Oh. Oh, no. Yeah. He uh, got um, Mr. Zed, do, should we go unplug them, or what, what do you think's best? Zed's just, like, wiping his face off. <laughs> um. Just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <there's> like, <laughs> what do you drink? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I like Gogurt. A Gogurt is his, like, standard go-to oh beverage. It comes in from a hot summer's day, and he needs a Gogurt to quench his thirst. Oh, God, it would be orange. You wouldn't even be yellow at that point. There's no water in that. Oh, my God. Gogurts are canon now. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that explains why it's so thick. But, oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. 
but his gut bacteria is on point. <laughs> this this seems like a great place to pick up from Cambrio, who is now ascending the stairs to the third floor. Cambrio, the stairs leading up to the third and final level of Misco are different than the ones you uh, climbed to get to the second floor. These ones aren't rickety and metal. They're stone. Thick. Heavy. At the top of the stairs, you see two large double doors. Um, is, uh, is Pass Without Trace still on? It is not, unfortunately. Okay. Alright, well, I'm just gonna put my ear to the door, see if I can hear any obvious sounds before I start to try to try the handle or anything. Roll a perception, please. 19 plus 4, 23. You hear absolutely nothing. I try the handle. It's unlocked. I'm just going to slinky slide my way in, trying to make sure that whoever's, if anything is in there, doesn't see me before I see them. Okay. As you open the heavy metallic doors, the first thing you notice as it was on the outside of these doors, is how eerily quiet it is up here. It's like being inside a padded room. No alarm bells ringing like downstairs. No sounds of chaos or combat. It truly sounds like nothing. Immediately, you see three things of note. The first is a gargantuan menacing warforged behind a tube of glass. It is crouching and looks to be powered down, but even in its relaxed state, it towers over you 15 feet or so. Likely, this machine would be 30 feet tall and thousands of pounds when operational. It has a huge shoulder gun, similar to Chode's cannon, and across its chest... You can see the writing H71W3. The second thing that you notice, Cambrio, is a pristine wooden carved desk with a red velvet armchair behind it. A long blue feather quill sits in ink, and there are papers scattered all over. The last is that in between those two things, you notice a huge set of tubes and wires descending from the ceiling. It's very similar to what you were caught in when you were inside the house of Anim, but far more complex. At the base, a mere 50 feet from where you stand now, is a weak-looking silver being whose only movement that you notice is a slight up-and-down movement of her chest taking in and exhaling oxygen. Her eyes are closed. This is someone you haven't seen in nearly two years. Your mother. So, all pretense of stealth is gone. I drop my rapier to the floor and I rush to my mother. Okay, you make it to her side. 
and it's now that you can see that in this weakened state, almost comatose, she is locked in whatever tube set with wire. Like, this is what you would have looked like if you had remained in the tubes in the House of Anim for two full years. Like, wounds have healed over these wires. Like, it's like she's a part of the machine now. She looks weak, but her eyes open, and they begin to focus on you. Uh, who, who's there? Mom? It's, it's me, Mom. It's Hayes. She kind of shakes her head and looks a little, like, rubbing the sleep out of her eyes almost. Hazy? Oh, my love, what what are you doing here? I... I found you. I've been... I've been looking and looking and looking and I found you and I... We... We have to get you out of here. I'm just gonna start... Looking around. It seems like she's stuck in it. It seems very much like she's stuck in it, but even... Beyond that, she seems out of it. Like, it seems like she's not really registering that she's in peril. She's just, you know, talking to you like it's a normal conversation. No, Hazy, it's... It's so good to see you, my little chameleon. Let me... Let me see your face. Let me see the real you. I... Stop. uh, Kind of fiddling around and, like, frantically looking through the, the wires and tubes. And I go down to where her head is, and I shrink. My body starts to just kind of, it's not as aggressive or comedically overdone as the other times I've transformed. This is very much just like, almost on like an exhale as my shoulders and body kind of shrinks, I just become smaller and slighter and more scared, essentially. And there's just a pale, very blonde, very pale child just standing there with his mom. She grabs a hold of your hand. Hayes, have you been eating? Where are you staying? Look how beautiful you are. Tell me everything. She, she looks out like she looks like she's just out of it. She's not fully here. Mom, there's a. I can talk to you in a minute, but there's a fire downstairs, Mom. We have to go. This this place is going. Her silvery blue translucent skin seems faded it seems like it's taking all the strength in the world to even keep her eyes open to look at her little boy it's for the first time now that she kind of looks around and realizes your words that there's a fire and we need to get you out of here oh i'm in a bit of a <laughs> i'm in a bit of a predicament aren't i um and then she locks eyes with you again hazy <clears throat> Listen, I'm I'm not doing my best right now. Um, <clears throat> I don't have the sharpest memories. I seem to be fading in and out of consciousness most days. I'm I'm very weak, my son. But I I need you to know. I need you to know that Thorm is not a good man. You, you, you need to get, uh, to get out of here. He's, 
He's experimenting on us, on little girls. I think his plan may be to capture you and put you in here with me. You need to get out of here, Hayes. I'm... I just found you, Mom. I can't... I'm not leaving you just behind. I'm just gonna... If, if, if I start pulling... If I start just... Uh, it starts not to from, Not from like, her, though. I'm trying to, like, pull from the machines. Yeah, like, no, I it's, wanted, it's... Okay. It's... She's... Like, she's... Not good, man. She looks like she's on death's door. Like, she looks weak, weak, weak. I can't... I can't take you with me, can I? Oh, oh, Hazy, that's... That's not why you're here. That's... That's not why we're here. I met somebody a, f a few weeks ago in this very room. <laughs> uh, and she kind of looks over to the back of the room. Uh, and if you turn, you can actually see that there's a door back there. My darling, there's a lovely, sweet girl. Her name's Emily. I met her about... Uh, I think it was a month ago. I Time's hard. But she's been here for weeks. And they're doing horrible... Horrible tests on her. She... She used to be on the bed right there in that other room, and, and oh, we would talk, and I, I haven't seen her, but you, my strong boy, you need to get in there and save that little girl. I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it out of here, but I need my little chameleon to do mommy just one last favor, and... Please go get that little girl. I can't just... I can't just leave you here, Mom. Just... Alright, I'll go. I'll be back for you, though, okay? I'm not... I'll be back for you, alright? I'm just... I'm gonna go... I'm gonna... Wah, wah, wah. And you see a bolt go through your mom's heart. Standing directly behind you is Thorm Vinar, who is holding a crossbow. You two talk too much. Oh my! Talk about annoying. My goodness. Um. Well. Uh. <laughs> listen, she was running out of use anyway. Um. Plus, <laughs> now that her younger and stronger son is here, I won't have any more use for the production issues that she was causing me. That old hag. <laughs> Roll for initiative. It's a six. Uh, beating his three. Wait a long time for this, you piece of shit. I had a lot of time to think about what I'd say. And I think the only thing I have to say to you now is... I hope Tigbar didn't fuck me. And I'm going to pull out the glass that Tigbar told me had an air elemental and I'm just going to throw it at him. Oh, shit, dude! Oh, shit, dude! Okay. Uh, Let's go! Kill him! So you open up this seemingly empty potion bottle, and as soon as, the, as, soon as it is uncorked, hurricane-level winds start to shoot out of this potion. It is like a tornado in this room. Things are flying. Thorm's desk goes 
halfway across the room, Thorum himself is shot into the back wall. As standing in front of you now is a massive and powerful air elemental. It looks at Thorum, it looks at you, and it looks dangerous. It's the air elemental's turn, and immediately the force of this entity starts to pick up. Haze, Cambriel, I don't know that you've ever been in a tornado or a hurricane before, but you have now. <laughs> this is an insane amount of power, and it is going to cast Whirlwind. I need you to make a strength saving throw. Thorm is going to have to as well. Natty one. <laughs> you got a natty one? I got a natty one. So did Thorum. That's fucking hilarious. No okay. Uh, both of you are going to take 21 bludgeoning damage, and you are both flung 20 feet away from this air elemental. Thorum, because he already was knocked back into the wall, is going to take an additional 10 points of bludgeoning damage as he is forcefully like being held up against the wall. It looks like he's choking. It looks like he can't breathe. He looks very, very rough. Uncannily, I will dodge. Okay, perfect. So you can take half that damage. Um, okay, it is now Thorum's turn. He is going to uh, collect himself and see if he can kind of get up here. Oh, sorry, uh, one last thing, Cambrio. I need you to make a uh, dexterity saving throw to see it, whether or not you're knocked prone from that last attack. Dirty 20. Very nice, you are up. Uh, Thorum, however, is not. So he's going to spend half his movement to stand. He's going to take his crossbow and fire it at the air elemental. And with the amount of wind and force in this room, it just shoots off to the left and hits the wall. He looks terrified. Um, so uh, I don't really want to tangle with this air elemental. That hurt a little bit. Uh, I'm just going to look at a, a beaten and bloodied uh, Thorn, and I'm going to... I'm going to start a mind chat. So the mind chat's getting cut, boys. I'm sorry. Because uh, it says nothing about consent in this. So I'm just going to start a mind chat with Thorin. And as I'm running away, it's just going to be a constant stream of just, you can't hit me. You can't see me. You can't hit me. You can't see me. And as I'm running, I'm going to I'm gonna drink that invisibility potion I have from Austin still. Incredible. Great job. Okay, so you, you flash into nothing. You are invisible. Not that he was looking for you anyway, because he's got a huge air elemental in front of him, but he can't see you anymore. Um, he is going to respond in that mind shot and say, You fucking coward! You coward! There's one thing you can't stop. Kill me all you wish. And are you still in the room? Yes. Okay. Uh, you can see that H7 and the tube that it is in begins to descend as if going to another floor. Uh, you hear laughing in the mind chat. So I, I am I am going towards the, the kind of the doorman. I'm trying to do a little Frodo slinking away, just, you know, door yeah, open, door closes, nothing goes through it. So what we'll say then is that as you make your way into this next room, over the next few seconds, all you hear in the mind chat is screams, eventual silence, but that's not your problem. Cambrio, as you make your way into this side room, you can see that it's metallic walls 
and oil stains everywhere. There is a bed with shackles on it. Um, on the bed, covered in a white sheet, appears to be a lump or a mass. Perhaps a body. I, for the second time today, rush over to the body. Third time today. God. Okay. Big day. Uh, if you uncover this sheet, you can see that laying on the bed is Emily. Her body connected to a number of tubes and wires, specifically into her skull. And please roll me an investigation check. Eleven. And eleven is good enough to find the clipboard beside her bed as well. You can see on the clipboard, there is a signature of Thorum with the words beside it. Experiments have been successful. We can discard the body now. I... I make. I want to try to like shake her awake, or just get any sort of sign of life out of the out of the body in front of me. Medicine check, please. Twelve. Uh, still limp and cold. No pulse. No nothing. Nothing. We're too late. We're too late. I'm always too late. Um, I'm gonna look at the cables. Do I see anything else on the, the clipboard, any sort of labeling of the project to confirm what I'm starting to dread? Uh, no, but you can tell just based by the body that there are wounds all over it, bruises. It looks like she's lost a lot of blood, a lot of weight. It looks like she went through a ringer here. Um, but as mentioned before, I would say that 80% of the tubes and the cords are directed at her skull on her head. If, if I can't wake her up, I'm just going to start trying to unplug tubes. You can do that. I'm going to start unplugging yep. the tubes from her head. Okay. She's completely unconnected now from tubes and wires. Okay. Do I put her in the bag? Because I can't carry her. <laughs> uh, in fairness, Gabriel, even as Hayes, like, she looks so weak and frail that you probably could carry her. Okay. I'm, I'm going to grab her between my arms, and I'm gonna. For, I'm gonna check on that air elemental, I guess, to see if I can go back the way okay. I came. So as as you peek your head through, you can tell that the air elemental was only around for a number of rounds. Uh, you don't see it anymore. You do see Thorm's thrashed and ripped apart body near the front door. Silver linings. Um, I'm gonna head back over to where the A7 and my mom was carrying Emily. Sorry, the H7. Yeah. So. Just for, for color here, the the glass tube that used to contain H7, it appears that like an elevator took it down. Yeah. It's no longer in this room. However, you do see that your mom is still kind of struggling to breathe. Look at Thor. I'm like, you can't even do that right, you piece of fuck. Mom? Mom? You? Hey, Izzy. I, I'm... You. <laughs> I think I'm on my way. I... I need to tell you something, Hayes. Are you there? I... Yeah, Mom. I need to tell you something that I regret. I... I didn't share with you when... When we... We still had our time together. Change 
is good for survival. But don't you ever forget who you are underneath it all. You are my strong, beautiful <coughs> boy. Don't hide him away behind your masks. <sighs> and it's at that point that she takes one last exhale and the light in her eyes fades. Cambria was just really kind of riding high off the, like, the adrenaline of the moment at this point. And it's just like this cold, stored away, lock it down, deal with that kind of later emotion. Because he remembers where he told the others to go and he can surmise where that robot went. I'm going to pick up Emily kind of in one over one shoulder and I'm going to say one last goodbye to my mom and I'm going to give her a kiss on the forehead and I'm going to take my last little alchemist flask and kind of put it in between her hands and I'm just going to set a little fuse on it and I'm going to set it to light and I'm going to book it out of the room. Okay, uh, very nice. So you make your way out of the room uh, and about halfway down the steps, you can hear an explosion above you. We're going to pick things up from Chode and Grimble now. So after Grimble takes a look at the chaos that's ensuing around him, uh, he gets the feeling that the building won't hold up. He taps Chode on the shoulder and says, uh, we need to get out of here right now. Not only is the building on fire, but we can't cross paths with H7. With... with what? What's H7? H7. It was this giant warforge. Uh, they made us work on it, and it's it's honestly like five times the size of you. I'm telling you, oh, it's incredibly it... dangerous. Like, if we cross paths with him, we will not... we will not come out. Alright. Well then, yeah, let's get the frick out of here. How, how do we do that? I, I, do you know that? What do you know the ways? So Grimble, the the fastest way that you would know is back down the hallway that you guys made your way through event, uh, initially, down to the factory floor and out the bay door. Yeah, uh, down this hallway that you I, that you came running from, um, and there's some set of stairs and a main factory area. We should we need to go that way. Oh, oh, okay, the back the way we came. So, all right. Um, I'm going to try in the mind chat be like, uh, we need to go out the way we came because I don't know. It's, you don't hear anything. All right. Well, that didn't work. Um, hopefully they get out. Let's, let's roll. Uh, while this conversation is happening, um, Grimble's going to pull out some smithing tools and try to repair Chode's arm while sitting on his back still. Oh, okay. Very cool. Um, I will hold my fist up for you. <laughs> uh, okay, so as you guys are making your way down the hallway, uh, showed you're running fairly fast, and Grimble, you're kind of like like a pony riding, and you're shaking and everything like that. So if you'd like to try and repair this hand, I will allow that. However, it's going to be at disadvantage because of the chaos and the speed, and you're not at your workbench. As well, it's going to be a higher DC because you don't have uh, like... The, the best fixing materials, but I will absolutely let you shoot your shot here. So roll with disadvantage, please. Arcana check. Uh, that is a 10. 
Okay, 10. Uh, so it feels like you're making progress, but there's just too much chaos and there's too much movement. You know that outside of chaos and perhaps hunker down a little bit more, this is an easy fix. You just can't get it right now. Cho, while you're running down the hallway, I need you to make a perception check, please. 17. 17. Halfway down the hall, you see that there is an open set of doors that are off the hinges. You can see that there are hundreds of pods to your left, and you think that you see a bear and a human inside near a panel? I think that might be your friends. Alright, I'm gonna do the old cartoon slam on the brakes. <laughs> yeah. Peek back in and... Hey! What are you guys doing? Gotta get the frick out of here. Zed and Jinxie, we're gonna pick up with you. Now at the panel. <laughs> Shut up, Fobo. <laughs> Cho, Cho, there's hundreds of people in there, in here. We we can't leave without them. Oh, uh, red handband. This is Grimble. Grimble, red handband. We'll explain later. Uh, Grimble, that looks like a control panel. You're usually good with those. Can you uh, can you do something about this? I think I could find a way to help. So I'm going to go over to the control panel and um, what do I see? What am I looking at? So you are looking at a very similar workbench that you have spent months working at. It doesn't do the exact same thing, but you're familiar with all of the codes and with all of the information on it. Uh, in fact, because of your history at MISCO, I will say that you don't even have to roll using your high intelligence as an artificer and your experience here. You can let these people out. Perfect. So without hesitation, it looks like I know exactly what I'm doing, pressing all these buttons and bada bang, bada boom. So with the last click of a button, Grimble enters the code, which now descends all of the pods from the ceiling. No longer are they being uh, held up at all. They all reach the floor and are kind of rested down very nice. The yellow liquid does dissipate but it doesn't look like it was done in a harmful manner. And slowly, all of the individuals in these pods start to kind of break free and almost wake up uh, from their groggy sleep. All of them are, you know, naked and everything because they were just in those pods. Uh, but there are now about four to 500 Mephildia residents that have been saved uh, in this room. Congratulations, everybody. Using thaumaturgy? because I have that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to be like, attention, peoples in this rooms. Uh, follow the glowing robot to freedom. And I'm going to turn the drift glow on inside me so I like light up. <laughs> okay, cool. And then I'll slowly start heading out. Okay, perfect. You can see that one person uh, just gets up and starts sprinting and follows you. Uh, you think you recognize this person as... Uh, David, who runs the bar? David. <laughs> da David? Uh, how do, you, how do you... What? How do you know my name? You serve me a drink, but, like, robot, you... It, it, no, forget about it. We'll, Just please, let's please, get please out get, of here, David. Get me out of here. Yeah, please. Uh, as the four of you and the 500 individuals who you just saved now make it back to the main hallway, it's at this point that Cambrio you see your red hand brand friends and they see you holding a lifeless Emily. And it's at that point that we're going to end tonight's episode.
<sighs> son of a bitch, Connor. You son of a bitch. <sighs> a very, very special thanks to Justine from the Dungeon Boys for an incredible job as Ooh-hoo. Mist. Ooh, thank you, thank um, you. And an official warm welcome and a great first episode to the Eldritch Buds' newest member, Grimble, a.k.a. Bebo. Bebo, welcome to the team. Bebo, Bebo. You've reached the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. Hey, wait, don't go yet. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us an honest review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. As well, please follow us on Instagram at EldritchBuds. It's where we post announcements, art, memes, and more. A special thanks to Arcane Anthems for the in-game music and to Zach Parks for our killer intro music. Until next episode, thanks for tuning in, buddies.